Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. One week on, one more warm-up game. Injuries are plenty, but we'll tell you why we're feeling positive. Welcome back, guys. Short and sweet since our last meeting five days ago. We're back. I'm Ellie. I'm Eddie. They call me Coach. Hey, Coach. Hello. So it's only been five days, but we've had a, another round of, of pre-World Cup warm-up games. Um, Ireland, Italy. What do you think? Well, after the game, I was depressed. The day after the game, I was depressed. But I'm starting to come out of that, and uh, I'm starting to feel pretty good. So let's start with the positives. Italy lost against Ireland in Dublin. Ireland are the number one side in the world. They haven't lost in Dublin in 15, now 16 games. So Italy had it all to do. Italy started three debutants in this game and had one player who was a second cap. So even though it was a very strong side, there's some brand new players in there, which is something to be excited about. Also. Italy got an unfortunate yellow card, which makes the score look pretty bad. 33-17, an annoying score. But if you got rid of that yellow card, Italy only lost to Ireland by two points. And Italy won the second half. So there are lots of positives there. But we'll get into the game and the analysis of it. There are a lot of positives. I mean, two weeks on the trot, I stand by my theory of last week. Practice the hell out of your kicking. And then you might be picked as starting number 10. Tommy Allen, two weeks on the trot, 100% kick success rate. And we're not talking like dickhead easy kicks. We're talking tricky, tricky kicks. Hasn't left a single one out there. Yeah, I didn't think I'd um, say this, but I think he's very good. And I think I didn't think Garbisi's kicking, as in for territory, was, well, evident. It seemed to be a hangover from Six Nations that... They ran everything from everywhere. And if you just move them up the pitch 50 metres, they would be a real force to be reckoned with because their attack's excellent. And they're just in the wrong part of the pitch. It is true. After watching the New Zealand-Australia game, the commentators of that were saying like, oh, and a bang average kick. And I was like, well, if you think that's bang average, you should (laughs) see some of the stuff that we've been having to justify. You know, each one of those kicks, every kick from a penalty should be going 10 metres further. Yeah. It just—it absolutely must. It, it should do. There's no excuse really at this level. Basically, from wherever you are, if you get a penalty, you need to be putting it in the 22. And it's bizarre that that's not happening. There was also, you know, the old school era of a restart going out on the full. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if he just needs to shake it off, but I put down that I thought Garbizzi had a questionable game and actually... Off of the last two games, I'd start I'd start Tommy. Tommy also, alongside his kicking, I think has thought, well, what are the things that Italy lacks? A solid kicker, which I've been saying for years. And, and I've also been saying this for a very long time, somebody who's really, really reliable under the high ball. And I'm not saying he he's turned that around overnight, but he's definitely looking like our most reliable under a high ball. 
or one off. Yeah, he did a couple of great takes. Yeah, I mean, he settled the nerves within the first with the kick in the first two minutes. Like great under the high ball. There was a one on one with Henshaw that he won straight away at the beginning. Took a tackle on Henderson, who's a number four. That was solid. He's just proving to be in now in his later years at the ripe old age of thirty, just a steady head who's actually also really picked up their game. Well, we've been saying for years one of the problems that Italy have had is that. They haven't had huge depth and they haven't had a huge competition in the squad. I remember a coach sitting there on a balcony in Rome lamenting this at my 30th birthday, that there just wasn't enough competition, which meant that you could have basically journeymen, you could have coasters in the side mm. that didn't really add anything, but they knew they weren't going to get the hook because there was no one behind them. That's completely gone. Now you actually have proper competition in the side. It takes time for that competition really to work, but you can start to see it now. You can start to see that Alan knows that if he's going to get picked to be in a squad, let alone starting, he's going to have to really deliver. It's working with him. You can see it in the centres. You know, men and cello really making that inside centre shirt his own. Unfortunately, now got an injury, but you can see it across the park. You know, one of Zuliani. If your position is the same position as the captain of the side, you're going to have to work your ass off. And yeah. he was immense, immense against Ireland. Yeah. So the competition really is starting to work. And now, you know, you look at a side, Pani, he had an excellent debut. Mm. He was good at the weekend. Tommaso Allen was playing fullback. You know, we're not even talking about Capuzzo. And these guys, when they go to train, are going to be working against each other so hard because you're going to end up with a situation like well, who do you play you know Monteoni's probably got the 11 shirt nailed on so then you've got the other guys fighting it out for these other positions it's really really good and I think that's starting to be seen and it's mad when I think when the squad's announced there'll be some like big names that aren't in it you think well no, no major surprises but there'll be people that go like you know in years gone by that person would have walked onto the Italian side oh yeah we could even see it now where exactly the people that aren't even in the squad for the Italy training camp with um, Pasquale and Zanon at Benetton. True. You know? So, yeah, I was very impressed with Dino Lam, his first game. I thought he brought a physicality, which I wasn't really expecting. Yeah. And Paolo, unfortunately, went off injured after 23 minutes. So we didn't get to see as much of him as we could do. But I think he had his opposite number uh, pretty well wrapped up. There was a couple of errors, but Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, a couple of errors, but, you know, it's your first international debut. Like, there's going to be, unfortunately, like, his one major error, which was that knock-on in, in the 22 that then kind of led to the first Irish try. Yeah, just, you know, settle but, those nerves and see you next week. But what I, from what I saw, it looked like he had Stockdale defensively completely wrapped up. Yeah. And that, yeah. Was, that was really impressive and really important for Italy. I was impressed with his physicality. In fact, it was his physicality that ended up him jumping into a tackle. And I think it was Baby Canone elbowed him in the head. And I think that's how his injury happened, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a real defensive physical presence. And obviously it's Sod's Law that as soon as he goes off, the first move that happens ends up to Panny on the wing. And that would have been a dogwood's opportunity to show us what he could do with time and space. But he'll be back. But we look forward to seeing that against Romania, maybe Japan and the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm confident he will show us what he's got in the coming weeks. Um, hopefully his head injury isn't too serious. It was him and Zuliani both went off with head injuries. So hopefully how long do they normally take? I don't know. I think from what I'm hearing, the injuries 
they should all be back. The only one that there's been absolute radio silence on but looks fairly ominous is Menoncello, who obviously went off oh, in tears. I really don't want like to talk about it. Tears of being in pain. It looked like tears knowing that he's probably not going to the World Cup. And he was probably the best performer in that game. Yeah. Yeah, he was my number one. Man of the match, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I can't actually think about it. It makes me too sad. Then I started Googling just to like get an update today. I Googled um, Tommaso Minoncello Infortunio to see what came up. And I read an article that was like, oh, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, Minoncello goes off in tears, but it should be okay. And I was like, oh, what's this? Clicked on it being like, oh, hopefully it's some good news. But it was from uh, March 2023. So maybe he just gets really sad when he gets hurt because he panics and thinks so hopefully uh, i mean I'm, I'm not holding up too much hope but it looks pretty bad well it looked bad his reaction looked bad we not as sadists but as people that want to report on it we went back and looked at the injury a few times and there was no contact he basically yeah. put his arm out and then put his arm back in grabbed his shoulder and then walked off so we don't know if it's a dislocation or yeah what but there was no it didn't come from a from a hit no I don't know no. if that's good news or bad news. I don't know. Coach, as a as a physio, part-time physio, what would you say? I think you, you naturally panic, don't you? Because you're in extreme pain on the pitch. Yeah. You know the World Cup's in a couple of weeks' time. Probably just like, I don't know. I hold hope. Just put a plaster on it. <laughs> I mean, Italy had five injuries in this game. Yeah, no, it, it, it looked bad at one point. Luckily, we had... Um, from uh, Riccioni quite quite soon after. Well, actually today he posted on his Instagram saying that he he's all right. In fact, let me read you his post. It was funny. I translated it. Without risk, it's not fun. I'm alive, bitch. Few weeks and I'm back on the horse. But I think Google Translate is actually really messed up this translation because in Italian he's, he's written like without risk it's not fun which is correct but then he wrote sono vivo raga as in like guys but somehow Google Translate translated it to bitch so I prefer it <laughs> yeah I'm alive bitch um but yeah a couple of weeks and he'll be back on the horse he said so that's good news um Varney as well had a shoulder injury I'm not sure that we've heard anything about that uh, Menoncello is obviously the tragedy and I really don't want to think about it because as we've mentioned I think he had just a phenomenal game I mean he was everywhere everywhere he stopped an Irish try by running back touching that down before whoever it was the winger couldn't get his fingers to it he was making tackles breaks some insane carries I mean his try alone was impressive just smashing through well he scored five tries in 12 games for Italy I think it was the youngest ever scorer in the Six Nations. Bear in mind, lots of the games that he's played for Italy, he's actually been playing out of position because he's not a winger, he's a centre. Yeah, yeah, this was only his third um, test cap Start. as a centre. So that's impressive alone. So fingers crossed that he's he's going to be okay. Eddie has a backup plan, which we'll discuss maybe later on about what you would do if he is out. In terms oh, I'll sell it to you now. Okay. Talking about this competition, I would start Tommaso Allen at 10. And I'd put Garbisi at 12. Coach. I had the same thought like 20 minutes ago. No way. I, I, I said that in my head. I was like, and then I doubted myself. I was like, if I say that, Eddie's going to go, shut up. <laughs> it is stupid. the kind of thing he would, he would say shut up if it wasn't his own idea. 
No, I think the first thing I think I went, I thought Garbisi, then Alan, and then I went, nah. Well, Garbisi has played a lot at 12. He says he prefers 10, but... Yeah, he says he prefers 10, but show me that you can play a solid 10, because right now I'm starting Tommy. I would definitely do that if Benicello was yeah. 100%. And then you've yeah, got yeah. the backs there to do it, because, you know, before you had Tommaso Allen at 15, as we saw against Ireland, but... You know, that was because out of necessity. And to be honest, he's really excelled and got really quite good at that position, I think. A kicking out of hand excluded. But now, Panny's turned up two games in. He's looking like a natural. So you've got a really good fullback cover. And obviously, you've got golden boy Capuzzo, who would probably be starting yeah. but, anyway. I mean, on so. his second cap, Panny, started, Panny came on on the wing. So, you know, he's also shown that he can do wing, he can play fullback. I mean, maybe fullback feels better for him, but I still thought he had a great game on the wing. Yeah. You've also got a Dogwoo who can play centre as well as wing. Yeah. Um, he's only been on the pitch for 25 minutes. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of him. Yeah. But, um, you know, it must be tough. It must be so tough. Imagine for him and Dino Lamb, the language barrier, but also you get around that because loads of these guys speak English. So in, in the back three as well, Tommaso Allen, Monty, obviously fluent English speaker, um, if you count Australian as English, and uh, and Paolo. So the back three would all be communicating in English. But Dino's in the middle of a very Italian scrub. <laughs> um, and also you haven't had the chance to really get to know each other. Um, yeah, no, that much. But I did think Dino had a really good game, a really good start. Um, yeah, I, I, I was, was impressed. I was impressed with the physicality that he brought. So yeah. I think I'd still always have Rutzer and Kanoni. Me too. As but my starting, but you know, to have him on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be sort of really testing and pushing David Sissi and oh yeah, Lambanin. Like he's right in the mix there. And again, that's why I'm talking about the competition. You know, you cannot have a journeyman sitting on that bench. You know, whoever's going to be on that bench has earned the right to be on that bench by beating people who are trying to beat them. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. And that's what Italy's starting to get. I found the scrum was a little concerning. I mean, sometimes it was all right. Sometimes it held up. But there were moments early on and then later on when we changed. The scrum is not convincing me and I don't know if that's just because we're trialing new things we've got new players they don't know each other or what but it I'm still not feeling good about it I I think with that front I think it was all right though I mean even if you look there was one scrum that went backwards at a rate of knots but Fusco was able to get the ball out quickly and do a brilliant clearance kick and the one after that was rock steady the Irish scrum is massive yeah maybe it's that I keep forgetting we were playing the number one team in the world well, I think we should remind ourselves that quite a lot, that Ireland are the number one team in the world and they were playing them in Dublin. And yeah. how many times did Ireland go into the Italian 22 and leave with nothing? A lot. Loads. How many times did they get on the line or five metres out from the line and Italy were able to stop them? Loads. I mean, that yeah. in itself is a massive, massive progression yeah. in Italian rugby. As I say, 14 of Ireland's points came against Italy when Italy had 14 men, which is another talking point because giving a yellow card for, in inverted speech marks, 
not making an effort to get back from a quick penalty in the middle of the pitch. In the middle of the pitch. a very French thing to do. For me, it was utterly harsh. Completely, like, I I couldn't understand it. I was like, it must have been, I must have misheard what that yellow card was for because it can't be for him. And towards the end of the game, when Italy are parked on Ireland's try line and it's penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty, and then someone kicks the ball away after the penalty and still no yellow card. So yeah. anyway, we're not there to talk about that. And it's a World Cup warm-up match and it doesn't matter. But if it was an actually important match, that would be unacceptable. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. It felt very harsh one way and then they seemed to get away with penalty after penalty in the last five minutes when we were just sat on their five meter line there must have been what four or five penalties back to back literally within like a meter of the try line and he never threatened to go to his card but it's a warm-up match in which case what so 14 points 33 points in total so 19 points so ireland only scored 19 points against 15 man italy if you took the only time when it was 15 on 15 Ireland beat Italy by two points. Yeah. And that's the number one side in the world. So again, even though there's lots of disappointment, there's a few things which we can talk about. All in all, you've got to keep some perspective here. Yeah, you do. And actually, you said, Coach, at the beginning, their attack was on fire. I actually wrote that their defence was on fire time and time again. They were stopping the Irish. They're kind of spoilt for it because we don't we don't bring it up. We're just taking it as a given that the defence is going to be rock solid. We don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, Marius Goosen has done some serious work over the last year and it's really showing itself. I mean, it was showing itself in the Six Nations, but it's really starting to come together now. There were moments watching that game where you're like, if this was any team, you'd applaud it. Well, it was better than the, the Wales game. And if you look at and if you look at the scores that, you know, Ireland got, the second one, rolling more against a team that's just lost their loose head prop. Yeah. So what are you supposed to do in that situation? Times are very tough. Um, they weren't sort of cutting Italy apart. They weren't really like slicing through them and that's not surprising because if you've got a center midfield with Menoncello and Brex, Brex who chops absolutely everything down. Ah, oh, tackle machine as usual. Great to see him back properly. And uh, never forget, we've said it before but we'll say it again, the interview with Paul Gostard, the former head coach of Harlequins who was defense coach at Benetton when asked who was the best player he'd ever trained he said Menoncello and he said he's got a huge bum on him. But he might not be at the World Cup now. <laughs> I didn't think the referee was very good. You did not. It's because he's no. French. I just felt, upon rewatch, a bit harsh yeah. towards Italy on a few obvious occasions. I'm no referee I mean, expert, but. I try not to complain too much about refs, but I thought, Eddie, um, you shared a tweet the other day that showed how often Ireland were just sneakily offside and were never called up. Yes. If anyone goes on Twitter, look at the account Lorenzo. Calamai, you could look at it through the Spritz and Scrums Twitter account, but they've got a couple of clips here of Ireland clearing out illegally. And basically, how do I describe this, my podcast listener? They come through so quickly that they're counter-rucking against people that aren't in the ruck. So they're essentially just tackling people off the ball Mm -hmm. as if it's part of the ruck. And this is something that Ireland have been doing a lot of. And these videos show it really clearly. And Ireland are probably doing that in the World Cup. They seem to get the rub of the green and they play quite quickly and fast and do a few things which probably shouldn't be allowed, but they get away with it. You you get away with these things when you are the world number one side. Especially when you're playing at home. Compare that to the amount of times that Canone... Oh, yeah, he got penalised quite a few times in the first half. The amount of times that baby Canone was penalised at the ruck. You think, well, what's that for? 
Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But we're not here to talk about the RAF. We're here generally to say that even though, again, it's a sort of averagey score at the end, like that's what's left on the board, I think there's a lot of positives to take away from it just in the amount of depth that we're building in the amount of opportunities we created and the amount of opportunities from the opposition that we stopped. BG objectively had a very good game when he came on. He did actually. He, he played with an intensity that I haven't seen from him for a long time. Yeah, he did. He was really going for, for everything. He was making strong tackles. He was getting that ball out for, in scrums where they were retreating. He was powerful. I was really impressed. And again, Eddie, you said it off air that that's what comes from competition. Because objectively, you know, if you're picking your starting hooker, it's going to be Nikatera. But it's pretty open for who the backup hooker is now because Lucchese's obviously still injured. Yeah. And Manfredi's a baby. So, you know, Bee Gees in there if he can show that he's good enough. Absolutely. But I think it's the it's also the environment of the camp is different. And I think that's important. If you look back to when BG was captain, the environment of the camp, it wasn't a side that felt like a winning side. It wasn't a side that felt like they could really compete. There was a, a sort of almost a complacency, a, a lackadaisical nature to the way they played. Whereas this is completely the opposite. You feel like if you don't perform, everyone is going to look at you. It's got yeah. a bit of an edge to it. They don't want anyone there just there for the ride. Agreed. Everyone on that pitch, all 15 people, everyone in the squad was busting an absolute gut. And that's what you need at international rugby. And that's eventually, it's finally what we've got. My final point of discussion kind of on that competition um, element is I think, sorry, another police car. Do you get this kind of drama in Solihull? I'm probably the worst person. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I would start Fusco over Varney. I think Fusco is and should be the starting nine. And I thought not only in attack was his ball quick, was he sharp? Did he make good decisions? I thought in defence, he was a terrier. He was ferocious. Yeah. He took things upon himself in defence that you don't often see from a nine. He was very, very impressive. So Fusco would be my nine. I think behind Fusco, the competition is really between Pedrello, who I've only seen once, and Varney. I still think at his best, Varney is an excellent nine. But when he's not at his best, there's a bit of a drop off there. Yeah. And Garbisi, baby Garbisi's got some work to do if he wants to get on that shirt. But again, that's exactly the competition you want. Yeah. Because you don't want to be playing, picking players just based on their reputation. You want to be picking players who are in form. And the players have to know they have to be in form if they're going to be picked. The only position that maybe that wouldn't be the case for is Garbisi at 10, but we've already discussed putting Tommaso Allen at 10. Yeah. I think Allen starts at 10 against Romania. Yeah, I think so too. I think he needs to go. Or maybe or maybe you put, maybe you start Garbisi again at 10 against Romania, although I've just seen on his Instagram that he's on holiday and I'm kind of like, do they have time to holiday? Maybe they have time to holiday. But... Uh, Maybe you start him at 10 against Romania to see if actually he's going to turn on. And then I think Japan being the big game, unless he shows he's incredible against Romania, you put Tommy at 10 for the Japan game. I don't think Romania is a big enough challenge to test who your main fly half is. I'm sure Romania, they're going to be big, powerful units. They're going to be upfront, physical, and their backs, I'm sure, are decent as well. But it won't be the three-dimensional chess 
that you no. want your 10 to experience. No. You know, playing against Ireland, playing against Japan, playing against Scotland, to be a good fly half, you're thinking, you know, three three phases ahead, you're playing at a rate of knots, the other 10 is doing exactly the same thing, you're playing chess with him. I don't think Romania would give that much of a challenge in that regard. So you'd suggest doing what against Romania? Take well, I think Romania is probably there for them to throw some shapes and experiment with their moves and try some things out. But in terms of, of the those. 10? In terms of the 10, yeah, I'd probably let Tommy do it. Mm. No, actually, no, I wouldn't. I would actually, ooh, I might put DeRay. Start DeRay at 10. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's because there's no, point, there's no point having him around. True. At the minute, you've got two 10s, okay, that we're talking about. We've got Paolo Garbisi and Tommaso Allen. If anything happens to them, to either of them, there's going to be a, another player. Yeah. And so you want DeRay probably to have some game time. Yeah, yeah. So that he's able to step up to the mark as and when required. So I'd probably start him against Romania. Because when it gets to Japan, it's getting too close to the business end. And that's when you're really starting to put your final people together. No, that's a good shout. And then maybe you put Pedrello at scrum half against Romania again, just to see him again. So I would probably play DeRay at 10 against Romania. And then maybe even have him on the bench or starting against Namibia in the World Cup. Well, otherwise, if there's an injury he's not match fit he's not ready to go yeah it'll be interesting actually i mean they've got a break now um no game this coming weekend and then romania the weekend after coach you should come down we should watch together it could do okay let's let's organize that but yeah i would say i would summarize the story of italy's 2023 is just five minutes to go on the five meter line and not being able to finish those last like five minutes of that game were really frustrating because they should have got another try obviously we can we've already mentioned the ref not give, not going to his pocket after five penalties there, but it was frustrating to not have them finish. Eddie was like, mm, maybe that's what not having Menoncello denies you is somebody to just power over the line. But it, they were just stuck on that sort of two yeah. metres behind the try line. Menoncello would have, it's kind of how he scored his try in this game, almost exactly the same situation. But it's because I think as well, that talk about the competition, the competition, the competition, because Menoncello would have seen Maury doing it last week. Good point. And so who's going to be a crash ball guy in the middle? Is it going to be Menoncello or is it going to be Maury? And they've got something to about prove. Maury. And all of a sudden, you've got this really good competition for the yeah. places. Yeah, good point. I completely forgot about Maury. And then, you know, you've got Marisi. Yeah. Brex, a dog who can play in the centres. So suddenly you've got five, six really good people who can play in the centres. Yeah. And Garbisi can play in the centres. So you've got huge competition. How do you put yourself above them and be one of the top two? Yeah. That is what Italy have been missing especially in the in in the backs we're not going to be mean to anyone they're all great they all tried as hard as they can lots of their names began with the letter b (laughs) they just weren't quite at the standard that beats good teams i can only think of one but we're not going to name them yeah um yeah agreed we've delayed announcing our final final squad of 33 by a couple of days because of these injuries the list gets smaller for who will be playing in the Romania-Japan warm-ups. The only player who hasn't played in the squad is Simona Jesse. And yes, I got that from Fratelli de Rugby. I did listen to that before this. But my opinions are my own. <laughs> but not just him. Obviously, um, Ivan Neymar picked up a small injury, so that's why he hasn't played. Whether he will play or not, he has the talent, he has the ability. He can play anywhere in the front row. But yeah. you, they're really going to have to get him some game time if yeah. they're going to risk it for a biscuit. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played since Christmas, so I don't know about bringing him 
if he hasn't played till now. Capozzo, yeah, but obviously he's been injured. He's got a reason to have not played yet. He could do it once. But isn't it interesting? You go back, Capozzo scores to try against Wales. Last Six Nations, all people are talking about are Capozzo. Italy beat Australia. People are talking about Capozzo. Capozzo's not even in this conversation for competition for players. I mean, I, I'm still No, because he, he's 15, he starts. But everyone else is still really good. So yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're really missing him. And, you know, you talk about fullback, Francois Carlo May, he'll be knocking at the door any minute now. Yeah. I mean, he was injured for the under-20s World Cup, but yeah. No, it's all very exciting. Very exciting indeed. But here we are, two games in, two games to go. We can discuss if we want what would be my starting 15, but maybe we leave that until after he's announced his 33-man squad. And once we know the injury situation and also let's not also forget that before the Ireland game Halafihi the number eight picked up an injury in the warm-up yeah. so they had to have the Pitanelli their traveling backup come on well baby Canone started and then yeah he came on and later oh I should also comment because you're talking about the scrum let's not forget that we had a debutante loose head yes prop as well in Bonfiglio and I think he did a pretty good job I don't share the same concerns of the scrum as long as there aren't injuries I think there's a bit of a cliff in quality outside the top three tight heads. You've got Riccione, you've got Ferrari, and I've been told that I'm too harsh on Ciccirelli, so I'm <laughs> keeping him in there as well. But after those three, there might be a bit of a dip before the next one. But who knows? Because the competition breeds success. Nope, it's great. Rugby's back. We're gearing up for the World Cup. Lots to look forward to. Did any of you, we won't talk about it, but I assume you both watched the Wales-England game. I did not. It looked boring. I dipped in and out of it. It was dull. Dull, dull, dull. But Wales, how do you feel? England should smash them at Twickenham. I don't know what that game was. That will be my <laughs> ongoing opinion on, on the subject. Great. That's all we have to say about it. What made Coach Mad this week? Um, my love of procrastination. I've done no training for this oh. tournament <laughs> and I hate myself for doing nothing about it. Well, Eddie and I had signed up to some touch rugby tomorrow evening on Clapham Common. However, I will be watching from the sidelines because I've injured my foot. I have plantar fasciitis. Have you heard of that, coach? I get that all the time. Do you? It really mm. hurts. My foot is in agony. I have to get insoles in my shoes. Oh, okay. I think I need insoles. I think I have slightly flat feet. I have flat feet. So do you get them like properly measured and stuff? I used to, and now I just buy high-arched trainers. We're not sponsored by them, but I would <laughs> um, I would suggest ASICs. Oh, would you? So I got a pair of trainers last week, but I didn't do anything with them. But I did plan to go out this afternoon for a very long walk in them just to get flexible but i know we've got a couple of more weeks but yeah i could have done with that extra week you know you're old when you want to wear in your shoes by walking <laughs> well that's how that's how i did my foot i went i walked around portugal the golf course in portugal i did 18 holes albeit pretty hilly holes but yeah i'm i'm now in agony and i was wearing trainers responsible shoes here we are guys with how are we three weeks away from the big big tournament Eddie went for a couple of runs. Almost died. Good. I'm actually going to the doctors on Thursday to tell him what I'm about to go to. <laughs> I'm just going to do, do this thing in 30 degree weather. And yes, I haven't done any exercise in a long time, but... What if the doctor says you can't? Well, sucks for you. I've got a doctor's note. <laughs>
I'm sure yeah. I'll just take it easy, but I reckon I've got 10 minutes in me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nothing else. Just the self-loathing. Yeah, just self-loathing and just... Although I did hear a story today that a seagull has attacked another person. <laughs> um, it seems to be a thing. 69-year-old pensioner in, in London, I think, got harassed and then beaten viciously by a seagull. Beaten. In her own home. Uh, in her own home, in the privacy of her own garden. Um, and I think seagulls just need to just check themselves a little bit. They're getting out of hand. First they came for you, then they came for the rugby game, and now it's pensioners. In London. Thanks, Sadiq. <laughs> <laughs> They're in your cities now. Met Police is toothless. And that's what made Coach Mad this week. All right, guys. We've got a week off, but we'll bring you something in the meantime. Everyone pray for the health and well-being of Tommaso Manoncello. In Italy, we say andiamo Lourdes, uh, which actually you as a Catholic coach, um, when they, do they ever say that in, in Ireland, that you go to Lourdes in, in France? Oh, Lourdes, yeah. Yeah. It's a massive, massive thing, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge thing in Italy. And, it, you know, we, we should all, all go on a pilgrimage to Lourdes um, to pray for Manoncello's well-being i mean we all have fitness to do i can't move because my stupid flat feet we'll report back again next week on how our fitness journey is going to this touch rugby tournament as usual if you want to join our team please get in touch luckily rugby fano i think are joining us and hopefully they'll just take over the team and maybe let us play two minutes in the whole tournament on that note thanks for listening guys please follow us rate us review us give us the stars you know we want the stars follow us on the channels fantastico grazie tanto ciao we'll be back next week ciao a tutti ciao